Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1, or should I call it Ferrari Podcast for the Italian Grand Prix post-qualifying edition, yes, it is Saturday. And it's another fantastic day to be a Ferrari fan. Isn't that right, Tom Bellingham? It sure is. Uh, what a quali again. Never fails to deliver this year, does it? Now, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, Tommy is not currently in some sort of primary school classroom. <laughs> he is actually yeah. at his sister-in-law's, so apologies for the video yeah quality being a little bit rubbish um but wow i'm buzzing i wore a ferrari shirt and nothing and it... bad well nothing bad happened even though i thought i'd broken everything when they were both being investigated after q1 but we got away with it you did yeah i mean yeah when when that came through i was like of course it's only ferrari that have done it that a new rule which i'm glad they've put in place because I personally hate the whole dawdling around going very slowly and particularly at a place like Monza, it can be very dangerous. So I'm glad they got rid of it, but well, we'll get into it later. Maybe Ferrari just got away with one there and they were just like, mm, it's fine. <laughs> Let's get into Q1 then and begin with talking about Esteban Ocon and Alpine in general, as they both were out in Q1. Gasly 17th, Ocon 18th. Um, Ocon made a, a mistake, didn't he, going through the gravel, which almost certainly damaged his floor. But quite surprising to see Joe Gasly, Ocon, Magnussen and Stroll, the bottom five. But more importantly, looking at Alpine, what a washed weekend it's been for them so far. Really, really bad. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, Renault back in that kind of hybrid era were actually the ones that came to Monza and it was like quite a good track for them where the Renault was was good on this this kind of circuit but Alpine yeah just have absolutely no straight line speed uh, there's there's talk that you know they want the engines to be sort of equalized because they're struggling to to catch up which is a bit embarrassing really isn't it, it has to be said um and they've come to a track like this Aren't very quick, but also, I mean, the fact that Ocon made a mistake which damaged his floor, you'd you'd be like, oh, that's the reason they're out. But the fact that Gasly's out as well just shows that they are going to struggle if they don't have much power. They certainly are, and you know it's not going to look any better tomorrow. And of course, qualifying probably worth mentioning, although I'm sure you watched it. Uh, Q1 was all about the hard tires. Q2 was the mediums, and Q3 was the softs. Of course, we saw that previously at Hungary. This is the second time they've trialed it. And Joe Guan Yu, who was the Hungarian goat, um, didn't manage to make it out of Q1. Uh, so it isn't the format that makes Joe Guan Yu the uh, you know the best driver ever on those hard tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Interesting to know. It's a shame for Joe. Uh, we didn't actually do a Friday prog podcast, so just just to like 
get it out there. That alpha is sexy AF. What a livery that is. Very sexy. Really good. Um, But didn't make it fast because uh, Joe was out and Bottas did a bit better, but not a huge amount. Um, Then obviously the Alpines and, well, how many times do we need to talk about one, Magnussen being washed and two, Stroll being washed? (laughs) Yes, we'll definitely go on to that. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the livery, uh, I love it as well. And look, if you're actually Alfa Romeo and you want to, you're not going to ever fight for a podium. So why don't you make the car a bit slower so people can appreciate the livery more? That might be the big brain strats that they're going for this weekend. Just toodle around. It's a bit of a parade. It's a lovely looking car. But yes, let's move to Stroll. Oh my God. I know he missed Friday running, but my God. It's It's no real excuse when you've got Liam Lawson up there on the sixth row of the grid alongside his teammate in his second appearance in Formula One. Yeah, it's embarrassing now. I'm kind of almost bored about talking about how rubbish Stroll is. Um, There's only so much... (laughs) I will. There's only so much I can... That this whole him getting pole in a very good racing point in wet conditions can carry him for um, that happened absolutely ages ago. Um, So just go and play tennis or something because it's getting boring now. Wow. (laughs) I mean, look, I, I did tweet that Lance Stroll needs to go and play tennis, but I, I geez, Tom Bellingham coming coming in coming in hot. Um, mm. So yeah, no, but Lance Stroll, yeah, I mean, literally qualifying last is no excuse. It's around Monza as well, of all places that you would argue is yeah. is a, an easier track to pick up, especially when Nick DeVries showed that last year that it is possible to pick it up with limited running. Um, so yeah, question at East Coast 49ers. The delta between Alonso and Stroll seems to be ever-widening on a weekly basis. Is there any situation where Lance gets replaced or will he forever be cemented into that seat as long as Lawrence Stroll is in charge? I don't know enough about their dynamic as a, you know, pairing as a, as a, as a family to be able to actually... I don't think anyone can really judge unless you are in that inner circle to know where their motivations lie because Lawrence Stroll is a businessman and therefore you'd have to link that with being a winner. And if his son is not performing you then start to think well do i replace him because it's embarrassing embarrassing me and embarrassing the family name but in the other side of that you go well replacing him will be the full-blown embarrassment of his dad going right that's enough now it's time for someone else my thinking is it is his until he dies if he wants it uh and then that's it basically yeah, I do wonder how much Stroll is even enjoying himself. And we've said it so many times about the motivation of the fact that you can never be fired doesn't actually push you to, you know, you, you don't have that hardship like a look at Alex Albon, for example, or or a Pierre Gasly that went through what looked like the end of their career and then bounced back and want to put in those amazing performances to show the F1 world that you've still got it, whereas Stroll doesn't matter what happens. Um you still got that seat and um, we will continue to get this question for the rest of time every time Stroll has a bad performance, which this year is every weekend, basically. Certainly is. Um, now, let's talk about the issue that Ferrari had and I had uh, for my mental health <laughs> at, the, at that point, uh, where both of the drivers were under investigation for not following the maximum lap time instructions. So that was a uh, a directive that was introduced after a bit of chaos in, in practice. And obviously we've seen it in, in previous years as well, where 
Uh, there was a maximum lap time allowed, supposedly, of a 1 minute 41 between the safety car lines. Um, and the both Ferrari drivers exceeded that in Q1. Now, I haven't seen the full-blown analysis and insight into what happened and the reasons why they went slower. But there was potential for, if you go over that time, to get a penalty. It's it's. I don't know if it's coincidence or if there's a little <laughs> bit more to it. it. That they got pole and then immediately they were like, no further action. We value our lives. A hundred percent. Yeah. The fact that the, the news came in, I think they said, weren't they going to investigate it after the session? I mean, technically after the session, it was after, after the it session. It technically was after Sites was on pole and they went, nah, I value my life. The stewards basically saying that um, because it was an incredible moment. Um, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting thing. I did I did worry that the fact that it was Ferrari again, I'm sure we'll find more facts about it and what, what actually happened, but it does make you wonder, communication again with Ferrari, has it become a thing where they've not abided by it and they're, they've not got the usual from their engineers telling them to stick to this Delta and help because it is, seems weird that they were the only two cars and it's two teammates both in the same team that it's happened to. Yeah, but... We're not about the negatives today. We're about the positives. Right. Let's go to Q2 now, where it was Sonoda, Lawson, Hulkenberg, Bottas, and Sargent. Big thing for me there, I think, is Logan Sargent bottling it, uh, especially when you look at what Alex Albon managed to achieve once again in that Williams in Q3. Uh, Logan had a chance to definitely make it through to Q3, but said he basically went all in around Parabolica, perhaps suggesting that his lap wasn't as as good as he was hoping for up until that point. And then, yeah, 15th is is not very good at all around a track that we certainly thought for both of them would be good, although we basically said it would be biggest flop because at the same time we thought the hype would perhaps override where they would actually get. But Logan, uh, maybe half of that coming true. Yeah, it's, anno it's annoying really. And I've seen a few people mention it and I'm starting to almost agree with it that Logan Sargent's getting a bit of a free pass because he's a rookie and he's driving a car that everyone thought wouldn't be very good. But the Williams is good now. Alex Albon's showing that that car is actually good. So, you know, even if he makes it into Q2 or whatever, he's 15th. He's quite a long way off Alex Albon. And, um, yeah, he really does need to up his game because his seat isn't safe still. Um, you know, a lot of them... Uh, Pretty much, I think it's just, is it just Alpha Tauri and the spare Williams seat now, I believe? Oh, sorry, and the spare Alfa Romeo seat. So there's not many seats left. Um, and Logan's, I think, will be under threat if he keeps underperforming. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, let's see what he can do tomorrow because he has a very quick car in a straight line. So he should be able to pull off some moves because he, he is around cars that should definitely be slower than him. You've got Bottas in front of him. You've got Hulkenberg in that Haas, which we all know how bad... Uh, that has is with tyre wear. And, and, and then you've got the two Alpha Tauris, which again should be beatable. Uh, so points are still on the on the, on the the horizon for, for Logan if he can pull it off. Question from Jones RF873. And this is about Liam Lawson. Could Liam get the seat full-time only one-tenth slower than UK? UK? UK on his <laughs> first full F1 weekend. Yeah, let's talk about Liam Lawson because that is incredibly impressive uh, and showing once again that He's adapting very quickly. He adapted uh, in Zandvoort, where he had every condition you could possibly think of to try and drive around. He then has a much more straightforward weekend 
uh, this time around. And to be that close to Sonoda, I said it, didn't I? When Lawson came in, that Daniel Ricciardo mm. should be a little bit concerned if Liam Lawson takes to this like a duck to water and he's starting to do that. So I, I, I'm not saying that Daniel Ricciardo won't get back into the seat because he will. But if Liam has enough time to prove himself, the driver market could look a little bit different than maybe what we were, were thinking going into 24. Yeah, it could. I'm not. I'm still undecided about AlphaTauri that which driver I think would be sweating more if Lawson continues to do this very good job and be on the pace because Daniel Ricciardo's obviously come back and you know you could argue, you could see it from the side that Liam Lawson is you know coming into that team and Daniel Ricciardo uh, sorry Liam Lawson would have had the seat if Daniel Ricciardo wouldn't have got the seat and now he's gone then maybe he'll replace Daniel but you do wonder if maybe Yuki Tsunoda as well the fact that Daniel Ricciardo's maybe got credit in the bank in terms of pre not previous but also his marketing ability we've said it when we did our driver predictions that especially if this team is going to become this Hugo Boss racing or something and they'll want a star driver to lead that. And Daniel Ricciardo, if he's similar pace to Yuki, then maybe it's a case of Daniel Ricciardo and then it's between the two young guns battling for the, the seat alongside Daniel. So, yeah, it's it's nervy times, I think, for Sonoda and Ricciardo at the moment because Liam... Uh, is doing a really, really good job. He's been very impressive. He's not like completely unbelievable, but he's just doing a really solid job in a very difficult situation that's like, yeah, he actually deserves to be in Formula One, I'd say, for, based on his performances so far. Yeah, his situation is kind of a win-win. I mean, if Liam just crashed all the time, obviously there is ways to lose, but there is no real expectation uh, at this point um, <laughs> where... No, but there wasn't any expectation of Liam in these first no. couple of races to do anything particularly special. Um, I think as the the races go on and we get into the next race and so on, and, and to be fair, a little bit maybe a little bit of expectation into Monza, but not a huge amount. It's his first proper full weekend. Um, but to do that, be P12 on the grid, he should be very, very happy with himself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's go to Q3 then, the big one. And it wasn't plain sailing uh, for Max Verstappen and Red Bull uh, because he made a, a small mistake on his first run, which uh, gave me very much championship back on vibes at that point. <laughs> um, but to then still be quicker than Perez on that first run, despite him also giving Perez the toe, because I remember when he dipped that wheel in and it was a quite a deep wheel into that gravel it wasn't just a kick it's up a big dip it was a big old dip which lost him probably a tenth tenth and a half i would guess and perez still to be slower i was like are you kidding me um but then it became a ferrari one two carlos signs ahead of charles leclerc i'm losing my mind you're not on the watch along tommy because you're busy uh, visiting <laughs> family i'm on my own i'm losing my mind i'm absolutely my, my train of thought is going to many different places uh and 
yeah, we, we, we sincerely missed you, both myself and Twitch chat. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was it was quite funny listening to the commentary basically try and claim that Perez being slower than Verstappen and the deficit was because Sergio had the mistake in, in Friday practice and not that that has been the case all year <laughs> pretty much since about Baku. Um, but yeah, Verstappen making a mistake, still still quicker, but it opened the door for Ferrari and this is something that you know, Ferrari have had good straight line speed this year. They've suited these kind of tracks. And of all the tracks, Ferrari maybe just want that one-off where they're really good performance. You'd absolutely take it, wouldn't you, being at Monza. The crowd was unbelievable, the cheering. Uh, and after that first run, th- that being said, after the first run, um, I think it was Martin Brundle um, was kind of going, oh, you know, Verstappen's got time in the bag because i think he was less than just under a tenth wasn't yeah he, he was yeah uh, off and it was like oh well he's well he's gone in the gravel so uh i think there's a bit of max being inevitable in there where we're all our expectations are all very low but it didn't happen and uh boy was it good again it certainly was so charles leclerc was the first driver to go over the line in that final run took provisional pole i lost my proverbial <laughs> s and uh and then max stole it back by a very small margin and you're thinking he's done you it thought, again yeah it was he's like, oh, done it again smallest... that's basically what i thought uh and then carlos with a with a great middle sector you think actually hold on and then he pipped it by 13 thousandths of a second you know to the absolute eruption around monza and in my studio because of course it is amazing to see ferrari uh, on top at monza yes it's carlos signs my allegiance obviously more towards charles leclerc we all know this um but a one and three for ferrari with good straight line speed for the race tomorrow anything can happen in grand prix racing tom bellingham it sure can. There was a very interesting stat, actually, wasn't there, that you told me when we were away, um, that was it 1988 um, when McLaren completely dominated the entire season. They'd won every single race. It got to Monza and it was a Ferrari 1-2. Could it happen again to break Don't the jinx? Don't you dare. Don't <laughs> you dare even bring that up. Oh, my but God. I forgot it would about be that unbelievable. stat. I forgot about it. And now it's here. That, You've got the yeah. Monza curse as well. You've got everything attacking Max Verstappen this weekend, only for him to get 10 in a row come the end of tomorrow. Uh, but look, we will live in, in Delulu land until that point. Um, and yeah, oh, what a moment that was. Uh, and what a, what a lap from Carlos. Um, yeah. I said it. We, we had a brief chat after um, after the, the watch along and said that, you know, Charles is the, the quality god um, to beat to beat him is no mean feat and um carlos is just driving superbly well at the moment he seemed to have finally got that ferrari the way he wants it which some would say is a shame that it's now happening when they're not fighting at the front but for carlos you know he's really showing that he's kind of if he carries on like this he's gonna be back to that driver that we saw at mclaren where he was very well hyped and he's kind of lost that hype a little bit um he was the talk of the you know, the whole town. F1 paddock after. Yeah, I was going to say talk of the town and that sounded really cheesy, but yeah. he was the, the you know, the very hyped driver of look what he's doing, that McLaren is really consistent and really, really good. Um, and yeah, he's driving superbly well and what what a kind of moment in your career to get pole for Ferrari at Monza. It's very special. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He'll he'll be remembering that for the rest of his life, I am sure. If he can convert it to tomorrow is another question, which I think we should talk about. Um, can they do it? That's that's the big question here. I think it's going to need a Charles Leclerc dive bomb into turn one, lap one, uh, to to make it a little Ferrari one two at the start. And they're going to have to work together because Verstappen looked like he had three, five tenths a lap, apparently, Carlos Sainz said, um, after practice, which is daunting to say the least. And it would it would continue the trend of what Red Bull and Max Verstappen have had over the rest of the field uh, this year. But it is possible that there are stranger things that have happened. I think it's oh. going to have to require some minor damage into turn one and turn two or reliability issues to stop Max Verstappen. But it is that is something that can happen, especially around Monza. It is chaos on that first lap in particular into the first couple of corners. Yeah, you just put that into the atmosphere now that I can just totally see the fact that Leclerc gets Verstappen into turn one. And then you say about they kind of need to work together I there don't. No I kind of want that to happen, but there isn't. Yeah, there ain't no way at the same time because you know if you have Sainz and Leclerc together, Ferrari going to have to make some tough calls to decide. You know who's quicker, who's ahead. Imagine if we get another Austria. I was in an Austria situation where someone's in DRS and they're only quicker because they've got DRS and they're they're really close now, Sainz and Leclerc in terms of of their pace and that could create a bit of a headache for Ferrari if they're both on the radio going, I'm faster, no, I'm faster. Mm. Because to beat Max, they kind of do need to work together. Maybe one of them throw Max off into a different strategy and they split their strategies um, because Perez is is not not way out of it, but but obviously not near the front. So, well, he's fit. Yeah, so he's still fit. there. Um, so he's, he's still there or thereabouts. But he's just got George yeah. to, to to get to get rid of and then he'll be probably uh, bearing down the Ferraris next as well so that they can play something with Perez potentially tomorrow true but uh, I just it makes me sweat a little bit that uh, we might have to rely on Ferrari making some tough tough calls on the pit wall which they don't tend to do and and they need to be assertive if they want want to make it happen I, I the, literally the only way I can see this working is they utilise that straight line speed and they have to be one-two because Verstappen, like we saw in Spa, I think it was, when he was coming through the field, the only time he struggled was when there were two cars that both had DRS, or the car in front, then the middle car had DRS, then Max was the one behind that. That's when he couldn't overtake. So that's what Ferrari need to do is have one-two, Leclerc using DRS to obviously defend from Verstappen behind. That's the only scenario I see that working then of course Max will probably throw a curveball and pit early and undercut. So there's, it's going to be that st- the spotlights are on Ferrari tomorrow. They have to execute the perfect strategy. Look, they've got rid of all of all Please the blunders now. Please get a good now. start. They've Please th- get a good start. This is what they've been preparing for. You, th- we all thought that their mistakes over the course of this year, over the course of the last two years, was because they they weren't great operationally. No, they were getting rid of all the mistakes for this moment, and it's going to happen. Perfection get them all tomorrow. out the way. Okay, they're getting them all out the way, and then Monza will be where they get it right for the first time. Just no mistakes, perfect race yeah. execution, nail the strategy, perfect. And I will be there Sounds no matter what. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, at BYD Rob, will Signs be the first new winner of 2023? Because that is the question we've been speaking about. Will they work together? Will Signs and Leclerc 
will Leclerc sit back in P2 if he is oh, there? No, he won't. He'll want to win. Problem. That's the thing. This could be the moment where, one, I have a mental breakdown, like, fully, completely. Uh, and two, where these two potentially fall out. Because if if they go yeah, side by side and it. there's a bit of damage or whatever, this will be the end of their relationship, in my opinion. Like that, it will. There's no worse place. Sorry, I've hit my microphone. There's no worse place to potentially have a problem than the home race for Ferrari where they both want to win. <laughs> I love we're putting into the atmosphere a Ferrari one two at Monza, but also a Ferrari I'm covering double all bases. DNF. I'm, I'm recovering Turkey, all bases, all right? Yeah. Red Bull Baku situation Hysteria where they crash into each other. Was, yeah. yeah. Oh God. That now that would be bad um if that happened. Uh but we've said since Science moved over to that team, I think we said uh, that you know it's going to happen there's going to be a moment where they fall out at the same bit of track and surely they're going to because they're very evenly matched drivers but it hasn't happened yet but now Carlos does seem to have you know he's he's up there with with Charles they've got similar pace now and it's going to cause a headache it, it's a very interesting scenario even though the Red Bull is miles ahead this is almost like a pre uh precursor to kind of when teams finally catch up, Max Verstappen has no competition from his teammate and he's fine. Whereas George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, Carlos and uh, Charles, they're going to take points off each other. They're going to they're going to be swapping positions. So it's going to make it extremely, it's going to be difficult. It, it, it's great when they're not challenging for the lead because you've got two drivers that are going to get great results. But as soon as you're challenging for the lead, they're both going to want to win. And... You know, Charles Leclerc is not going to be like, no, I don't want to win Monza. Uh, I've not won in a long time and it's Ferrari at Monza. I think I'll win, thank you very much. And Carlos is going to be exactly the same. So could be spicy indeed. Please be good. Please be good. Please. Sunday, deliver. Come on. You did it in Zandvoort. Let's have it again. Uh, let's also talk about Alex Albon. Question from Sam Williams 2410. How high can Albon finish? Sixth on the grid. For Alex, again, delivering in that car. It's uh, the characteristics uh, of the circuit suit the Williams beautifully. And, and Alex has, has delivered once again in qualifying. I think that maybe I'd probably say seventh, I imagine, would be or maybe even eighth would be his sort of target for tomorrow. I reckon Lando, who had a bit of a poor qualifying, same with Lewis. You know, Lewis Hamilton really did yeah. struggle as well. It seemed like he was clinging on for the majority of the qualifying. George Russell up in fourth had a, had a great quali, a couple of tenths clear or tenth and a half clear of, of Lewis. So I think around eighth, maybe ninth for Alex. Yeah, but he's got a very fast car. It could be an Alex Albon train <laughs> again, couldn't it? So that will be what he'll be relying on is not needing DRS and just the innate speed of that Williams keeping everyone behind. Yeah, I think in a normal dry race with no um, problematics or or kind of craziness, I do think that the Ferraris and the Red Bulls will be gone. It's just a case of where, where you can get to from there. So look, the, the Williams does seem to be genuinely good now. Um, and... It's good to see, actually. I'm, I'm saying this like it's we've not had the race yet, but so far our biggest flop isn't happening uh, in the fact that Williams do seem quick around here, which is which is good to see because um, I thought that they might not not be any more. Um, and yeah, it's it's another 
very good performance from Albon. And yeah, George Russell as well, actually, kind of went a little bit under the radar. It's a very, very good result when me in particular said that George Russell think his qualifying's let him down a lot this year and he's kind of that's he's he's kind of been a a less extreme Perez where he's not had great qualities and he's had to come through the field and kind of get where he does in the race. Um but now he's got a great a great chance. I wonder if he'll also I wonder if there's a lot of people thinking this is my chance into turn one at Monza. It's a very it's one of those things where you can make up a lot of ground but it can also go horribly wrong. <laughs> Uh, one final point from me is uh, Oscar Piastri. Again, he was similar to, to Hamilton in some ways, where he just seemed to be clinging on to qualifying. He was leaving it very late. There was a few track limit issues, I think. Um, but to actually out-qualify Lando Norris is not something he's done that often this season. In fact, even if he was to out-qualify Norris for the rest of the season, he still wouldn't um, be wouldn't beat him uh, over the course of the whole season. So uh, for Oscar to start seventh ahead of Lando, I'm sure he'd be pretty happy with that as well. Indeed, yeah. Uh Great performance from Oscar McLaren. Maybe not as quick as we thought they might be. Um, but that being said, it's uh, the fascinating thing this year um, is that despite a year where Max Verstappen is obviously dominating and it kind of feels like it's the there's no competition and it's not, not particularly a, a world the other season, the grid is so close. And the way that teams... Red Bull have done this, other teams have done this, have set up that qualifying sometimes isn't everything and they're, they're so close that one little mistake can make you go from maybe a third on the grid to ninth, but you've still got a quick car. So it's going to be fascinating to see if any of these cars like McLaren are a bit lower than we expect. Are they going to be quicker in race trim? Uh, equally, you know, it's fascinating to see the different setups. I always find that at Monza that Red Bull have gone for that um, cornering speed, whereas Ferrari have just gone, we're going to be really quick on the straight and hope no one overtakes us. So they're in a nice, handy uh, pole position. And I hope, uh, even as a Max Verstappen fan wearing Max Verstappen t-shirt, that they stayed there for Turn 1 because it made the race a lot more interesting. Turn 1 and for the rest of the race, thank you very much. Uh, no record <laughs> I would not, for you I would not, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but we no, will see. Max Verstappen 10. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it's going to happen isn't it it's going to happen uh, I don't know we will be live on Twitch tomorrow Tommy you'll be joining me uh, once again you'll be returning for the race uh, and I want to know your final thoughts before we go my final thoughts are that well I, I will say that I'm looking forward to being back on Twitch with our lovely community that, uh, nice of you to turn up you know yeah exactly I'll turn up tomorrow no I'm joking aside uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun I do, we said it, I'm sure you said this on the watch along as well, that even though we were away at a race uh, enjoying it, when we get back to, to Twitch, it is also in a very different way, extremely fun as well. And we love kind of sharing our incredibly nerdy uh, passion for F1 and I'm excited for the race tomorrow. We certainly, certainly do love it. Matt P1 Tommy on Twitch, if you want to come and join us tomorrow and for every other race weekend that we aren't at at the venue and uh, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow thank you Tommy thank you everyone for watching and listening and we'll see you very soon for another piece of content and tomorrow Ferrari win <laughs> clip clip it <laughs> bye goodbye P1 is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network